Hello and welcome back to the Beanbag Cafe podcast. I'm so happy to have you here. I am your host, Julie Fernandes. I'm an occupational therapist, a hand therapist, a life coach, and a mom of three little ones. Needless to say, my life is a little busy and keeping my home clean, tidy, habitable, for my mental health, for my sanity is a top priority for me. So if it is for you, today we are going to be talking about how to stay on top of your home. So make sure that you are listening for my three, essentially three top tips on how to do this. It's actually a lot more simple than you think. I think we tend to overcomplicate things. So if that is something that interests you, make sure you keep listening. And before we jump right in, make sure you're subscribed to this podcast, share it with your mommy friends, uh, leave a review on whichever platform you are listening to. That is so crucial to helping a podcast grow. Comments really help. And I also have all my details in the show notes if you want to reach out and send me podcast ideas or just comments or things that you think can make the podcast better. Let me know what kind of length of podcast you like to listen to. I know we're all busy out there, uh, but sometimes I really enjoy longer format podcasts. Sometimes I like the small little sound bites. So I'd be interested to know what your preference is. But let's really get back to the topic at hand, which is staying on top of your home. And initially, I thought this comes down to two things, but I'm going to say 2.1 things. Uh, And really, the first thing that is very important, if you want to keep your home tidy, you know, just presentable, presentable enough. We're not looking for perfection. We don't have to have every single dust bunny, you know, sucked up there. It also depends on how big your house is as to how much time it takes to clean it and all that kind of stuff. But you want to have a house that if someone says to you, hey, I'm going to pop by for tea in like I'm five minutes away, you could straighten out things or it could be presentable enough that you would be happy for company to come. You know, when someone comes to see your house, they're not scrutinizing with a magnifying glass, or at least they're not, I hope they're not. They're not putting on the white glove. You know how they put on the white glove and and they run their finger across the mantelpiece and they check if there's dust on there. I would I would hasten to say, I would hasten to say, I would say that uh, 99% of your friends are not going to do that. They're not going to notice, but they'll just, you know, generally take in how your house looks and feels, but it's more important how you feel about it. So if you feel anxious or embarrassed or ashamed about the state of your home, uh, then that's going to obviously transfer in your energy and your interaction with them. So the first thing, it really boils down to habits because you want to make your house at a certain level or standard, however you want to call it, a habit. And I've really just embraced this idea that we operate 99% of our just daily tasks and the way that we function, our activity is based on our habits. We don't even realize. And I see this a lot in my husband where there's just certain habits that are so strong that he can't even, when he goes on to default mode, like for example, this happened the other day. I thought it was a really interesting uh, example of how powerful habits are. Basically, he made himself a cup of coffee. He got the milk out of the fridge. I came at the same time and I made myself a cup of tea. I'd put the tea bag in the the cup and I'd pour the water. And 
you know, if he's thinking about it, I need to put milk in my tea as well. He knows this. He makes tea for me. He knows we need, <laughs> we both need milk. So he ta- he makes his cup of coffee. He pours the milk in. He puts the milk back in the fridge and he leaves. And I said to him, uh, did you not see me making tea? And he said, yes. I'm like, did you not think maybe I would need milk as well? <laughs> and he just, it's so habitual that he just put the milk back in the fridge because that's how he's trained his brain. Uh, and even though he knows, like, it wasn't like he was being spiteful. He just did it out of habit. And it just, that's a small example, but it shows you how powerful the habits are. So habits when it comes to cleaning per se is, for example, I like to, uh, you know, just wipe down the countertops at the end of the night. It's kind of like my ritual, my habit. Uh, I tend to, you know, run the dishwasher earlier on in the evening and then I unpack the dishwasher and it literally takes me two minutes. We are in the habit now of uh, doing a load of laundry every day. Sometimes we do two, but usually it's just one. But it's occasionally we don't do laundry um, on a day, but it's usually every day. So we, when the kids come home from school and after we've all worked out and we've done our activities or whatever, we put on a load of laundry and then um, we put it in the dryer or whatever. And I usually fold it before I go to bed. Sometimes I don't, but I'm in the habit of doing a load of laundry doing a load of dishes in the dishwasher, not leaving any dishes in the sink at night. It's just the status quo. You know, it feels weird when we do that. And occasionally I do. I'm not perfect. And sometimes I'm not also so obsessed that I can't, you know, go to bed without a a glass in the sink. It's not like that. But most of the dishes are done and put away. And most of the time we do this, you know, so I don't want you to get confused that you have to like, it's do like do this or nothing. It's just doing a little bit more every day. I'm trying to think what other habits I've started to put out the lunch boxes for the kids. I put that out in the morning. My son likes to have cereal uh, in the morning when he wakes up and you know, if it's out for him and he doesn't need anyone to help him get it, then he will let us sleep a little bit longer. So I'm trying to make that a habit. Uh, In terms of keeping things nice and clean, I usually just do one set of floors a day. So something really small, because I think in our mind, we build it up like, oh, I have to vacuum. And in your head, you're like, I have to vacuum the whole house. No, vacuum one room, vacuum the room that you use the most and the ones that you don't use as often or the places you're not as often that can be done once a week or once every two weeks or as needed. Don't stress about it. Making, making your bed. That is something that is so ingrained. I cannot function without having my bed made. And my mom used to make us make our beds every day. And I have now sort of, quote unquote, trained the kids to do it. And I would say most of the time they make their own beds. Is it the same way I would make their bed? No, but I've had a lot more experience and my dexterity is a lot different to this. But I'm slowly starting to train them. Uh, We got a box, like a wooden crate for our shoes. And do the shoes automatically go in the wooden crate when we come home from school? No, but every day we try and I put them back in there because otherwise we trip and fall all over the shoes. But at least they're contained. They're not perfectly arranged in there, but they're but they're there. Uh, the next thing that is so important, and that's something that I have struggled with slash have had no choice, and that is delegation. This is another way to keep your home tidy because if there are more, if there's more than just you living in that home, and I suspect if you're listening to this podcast, you do not live alone. Uh, those people, provided they are old enough, 
are also responsible for your home. And then going back to the habits, training them, but delegating things. So my husband and I basically, you know, one of us will will do laundry. Uh, one of us will empty the dishes. It doesn't, we don't say, oh, this is your day and this is my day. Obviously you can do that if that's what works for you, but it's not all, I'm not taking it all on myself and it's very helpful because otherwise I become resentful. I'm obviously, I become burnt out because I'm doing everything. Uh, I'm going to get snickety and grumpy and no one wants to live with someone who is miserable and, you know, short all the time. So delegating tasks, hey, you're old enough now to take your clothes to the washing machine. You don't have to wash your clothes, but you can put them there. (laughs) You don't have to fold your laundry, but you can take your folded laundry upstairs, delegating things like that. And I've had to really tell myself, hey, yes, I know I can do the job quicker and it might look better than if my kids put their clothes away where they're kind of just like throwing things around, but in the general direction. They're trying, but it is important because I'm training them in habits and I'm also delegating. So I'm sharing the load. So those are the two core things that will keep your home tidy. Developing a habit. It doesn't have to be a big one. Uh, It can be so small. Like you can say to yourself, I'm literally just going to sweep the kitchen. And depending on how big your kitchen is, that could literally take you 30 30 seconds. Or I'm just going to vacuum the kitchen. That's all. If you feel like you can add in the kitchen and the dining area or the kitchen and the living room, well, more power to you. I actually quite like vacuuming. I find it one of the better chores to do. So for me, not a big deal, but it's also something that you need to just start to create into your, bring into your consciousness, bring into your habits. And if you did that, if you vacuumed your kitchen every two or three days, wouldn't that make a massive difference? Because for me, I probably should vacuum it every day. I don't, but uh, there's always crumbs on the floor. There's always stuff to vacuum, but at least you did that. And it's starting to have a little bit of an effect where Uh, you start to get used to feeling what it's like to have a floor without crumbs and how good that feels under your feet. You know, buying yourself some nice spray uh, cleaner. Like I like the method one. I've got a grapefruit one at the moment. And for so many years I made my own and that's fine. But as a treat, I bought myself some method grapefruit cleaner, spray cleaner. It is so I love using it because it makes everything smell so nice, but it's not overpowering. It doesn't smell like toxic or anything. Uh, And it just makes me want to wipe the counters. I know that's so nerdy. I know. I know. Well, you're going to know the real me over here, but I love having a clean home. I can't function without it. You know, I don't do well in clutter, which brings me to the third thing. So this is the 2.1 because... This is just an overarching principle that we can definitely talk about more. And if you would like me to do an episode on this, well, I think I might do it anyway, because I think it's important, but clutter, decluttering. So the greatest impact that sort of long-term sustainability of keeping my house clean and tidy is having less stuff. Uh, And this has been an interesting experience because I went from a very small apartment, which was like a thousand square feet, probably including the balcony, um, to a house that's now two and a half thousand square feet, which sounds massive in comparison. In terms of housing layout, I mean, you get much, much bigger houses than this, uh, but it is a lot bigger than what we were in before. And so, you know, the tendency as human beings is to fill up all those spaces. And I'm really trying to trying to tell myself, hey, we don't need to fill every single cabinet and every single cupboard and every single shelf. Uh, we can have open spaces. And that is that is so great. And, you know, obviously with 
double and a half the amount of space there's more cleaning to be had we're more spread out so you know maybe things don't need to be cleaned as often but there is a lot more real estate uh no pun intended to clean so it's important for me to keep that sort of decluttered aesthetic as much as possible and still be mindful of what we're bringing into our home because we've moved into such a much bigger space we've bought a lot more things so we've had to bring a lot more things into our home to furnish it and um you know now we have a garden so we need certain things for the garden and we have a garage and we have a car and all this kind of stuff so it all comes with the territory uh, but i'm also trying to be really aware so if you can start to declutter and this also can be a habit you literally start with one drawer in the kitchen and you declutter that and the next day you declutter a cabinet and the next day you declutter a shelf in your bedroom Because if you set yourself up to declutter your whole bedroom or your whole bathroom, you will undoubtedly stop because it becomes so overwhelming. I've done this with so many things where I set myself a task that is just not realistic. Uh, In my head, it sounds amazing. Like, oh, I'm going to run five miles every single day. And then in reality, it becomes very tough and I I can't keep it up. And then I just become very, you know, disappointed with myself. And no one wants to have those kind of low vibes. So... Decluttering is going to be key to keeping your home sort of guest ready uh, because it's just so much easier. There's less stuff. You don't need so much stuff. It's so much easier to clean. You don't have to maintain all the stuff and it's going to be totally life-changing for you. But if you just need to start right now, your habits and delegation, there's a great place to start and then decluttering one draw. (laughs) That's all you have to do. And slowly, slowly, slow yourself down if you need to. Uh, Just start working up on momentum and you will start, you will catch the clutter bug and realize how nice it is to have that open space that you can really just easily keep clean. Cleaning becomes such a joy and a pleasure because it's not so hard. Uh, So yeah, those are my three major tips for keeping your home, you know, as ready and staying on top of it as much as possible. I hope it's helpful. Let me know what you do to keep your house clean and just to feel more on top of your chores and things like that. Because whether you are a full-time away from home working mom or you work from home with your kids or you don't have a formal job but you have a house to manage, it's a lot. And there'll be different, you know, even if, if you, even if you have a cleaner once a week, uh, you still need to maintain your house. You know, you can't wait for that cleaner and not do anything for a whole week when you have children. It's just, I mean, you'll be living in complete chaos and it won't be very fun. So you need to be having those habits where you just kind of tidy up. You maybe, maybe you make a quote unquote resolution with yourself that you will just clear off the counter, the center Island, right? Every night. When you go to bed in the when you go to bed at night, there'll be nothing on that island. That's all. Maybe that's that's how you start. And then slowly you start to realize, huh, there's a lot of stuff in this kitchen that doesn't belong in this kitchen. And you just start to put things that are not from the kitchen back in their places. They don't even need to be in perfect order. They just need to be in the rooms that they belong in. That's where you begin. So if you want me to go more into decluttering and how you start this whole process, if you're feeling overwhelmed, especially with kids and kids' toys and all the stuff that kids come with. I mean, I often think if I didn't have children, I would have like a quarter of the stuff that we have now. Um, But it all comes with the territory. 
but if you do want me to talk more about that, please make sure you let me know. Um, all my details are in the show notes. Um, and please make sure that you subscribe and send this podcast to someone that might need it. And another thing that I haven't mentioned in a while is that I am open for doing one-to-one consultations. So if you would like to work with me as a mom coach, you know, I'm really here to listen to what you need, provide advice, and then help you do it do it yourself, right? I can't do it for you as a coach. That's someone who really cheers you on, helps you see things from a different way, maybe helps you see blind spots that you weren't seeing before. But if you are looking to have a more meaningful, memorable, fun, and enjoyable motherhood experience, uh, make sure that you send me a message and we can set up a call to see if we would be a good fit. There's absolutely no pressure. You're not obligated, um, but it would be really fun to connect with you guys on a deeper level and see if we can work together. So let me know if that is something that will work for you. And I can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. Bye.